Students, you're listening to Answers Gospel Questions with Brother Lawson, that's me, and Brother Wing, that's him. How are you, Brother Wing? I'm doing good. Things are well. Brother Wing, it's actually Tuesday that we're recording this, and our podcast listeners are probably thinking, what the heck? These guys are slackers. Why don't they, Why? Wh- where was this podcast on Monday? What's your response to our listeners? I take full responsibility because I was on vacation. Yeah, but that's a good one. That's that's a good response. But I don't think we did a Fat Friday podcast either last week. Right. Also my also my fault. <laughs> I you know you know where I was last Friday, brother Wayne. I was I was coming back from the Sacred Grove uh, with a bunch of teenagers, and so we uh, students we have great excuses. Right, we have great excuses to not be a hundred percent accountable for. Um, for what we've been, uh, what we assigned ourselves to do. So we're, we apologize, but we're going to make up for it by, by hopefully providing some, uh, some good commentary and some good insight from the book of Job. Um, the book of Job is an interesting book, 42 chapters in the book of Job, but it goes pretty quick. It's an amazing story, uh, in the book of Job. It's, it's difficult to nail down exactly where Job came from, who Job is, and what time period he's, he, he spoke in. A lot of scholars, I mean, they debate from, you know, sometime after the Tower of Babel, but who knows how long after the Tower of Babel. But it's a poetic book. It's, um, it's a very, it's, it's a cool literary, just from, just from a literary standpoint, it's kind of a fun little story to read. But there's also great lessons that we can learn in here, great gospel lessons that uh, make it much more than just uh, a good piece of, of literature. How's that sound, bro wing? That was wonderful. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You know, Job, the whole story really does seem to address questions that we all inevitably have in mm-hmm. life. And so and it, I don't know that it necessarily answers all of those questions, but it addresses them head on in a real way. Uh, real life story here um, so that we can kind of grapple with this ourselves and ponder on it and think about what we're learning from life as well. So that's what I think is really fascinating about this book is to take on these really common questions that we have. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that everybody listening to this podcast has had at least one moment in their life that caused them to lose a little bit of sleep at night right where they just laid awake and they thought oh my gosh what am i gonna do this is pretty rough uh job um i'm not sure how many of you have had an experience of job we're not setting up job as the the ultimate guy of all suffering uh many of you know that he suffered a lot but but it's just like you said i think one of the one of the blessings of the book of job is is almost like um god saying Here's a little book. Here's a here's some scripture for you to let you know that I understand that there are really hard things that happen. And sometimes those hard things that happen aren't your fault. They aren't a result of anything that you've done. And so here's a book of scripture that might be able to help you a little bit when you uh, when you're facing those problems. In fact, uh, it also helps us not only when we are when we're facing those problems, but also 
when people we know are facing problems. We learn a lot about from people who interact with Job during this trial about how we should approach or not approach someone who's uh, who's suffering. Uh, and that's kind of kind of where we're going to jump off for today. When Job's wife in uh, in chapter two, after he has all these terrible things happen to him, like his family dies, all of his he's a very wealthy man, all of his possessions are taken away. And Job's wife uh, says to him in verse nine of chapter two, dost thou still retain thine integrity after all you've been through? Why don't you curse God and die? So should we curse God and die when things go wrong? What do you think, Brother Wing? Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to judge um, Job's wife, but that sounds like pretty miserable advice, you know? (laughs) And, you know, I'm even thinking like, you know, even if you didn't believe uh, that God was fair, you know, or didn't believe that God was real, I'm still thinking that's a pretty hopeless uh, way of looking at things. And that's probably not the best advice, but I can, but here again, it like, it sets up, like, haven't we all at least to some degree felt that, that we felt like God was being unfair or this thing that we're experiencing is so painful and difficult that it must mean that God was either being unfair to us or that he didn't exist at all. And so kind of this, Hey, just give up on life which is a terrible way to think, but it's a, it's a, it's a pretty normal uh, right. thing of the world to come to that conclusion. And Job's own, Job's own wife comes up with this idea, but his response is fascinating. And then this is, this is um, characteristic of this book to set up a question and, or a situation and then provide some really deep wisdom um, on it. So chapter two, verse 10 says Job's response. He said, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall not receive evil? Um, And then it says, in all this did not Job sin with his lips. So he spoke this great wisdom like, hey, good and good and bad is going to come. Hard things or easy things, trials and blessings are going to come upon us all. Um, But he didn't. He didn't overspeak, overclaim, speak faithlessly, negatively right here. He did not sin with his lips. I, I, I think that's an inspiring thing. It's so tempting to sin with our lips when things are hard. Oh, man, it seems like that's true. Like when you, when I, when something difficult's happening in our lives, I know this has happened to me. One of the things uh, that's real easy to do is to find people who feel as, you know, who will support you in your misery, meaning like, oh yeah, this is, this is terrible. Holy cow. Yeah, you're right. Almost like, um, and maybe we find some, some form of solace in that, like, oh yeah, other people, uh, can, can see how miserable I am. And so it validates my, my misery that I'm in. And Job had plenty of people validating the misery that he's in, but they weren't necessarily helping him in that situation, like uh, his friends right after his wife says what she says, his friends come and they're like, oh, my gosh, Job, this is terrible. Holy cow. You're what a terrible situation. And instead of I, I think that when we mourn with those that mourn, I don't think we try to become as miserable as them. I think we try to support and uplift and encourage uh not necessarily to to take away the I mean, what are these guys get? What's his wife going to do? 
you know, how's she going to bring back all of his kids and all, all those things. But, but she doesn't have to pour salt on the wound and, and, and kind of send him spiraling a little bit even further down, down the drain. And so um, I think there's a fine line between being kind of Pollyanna ish, like, Hey, chin up, Job, things will get better. And, Oh my gosh, Job, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. I think that, I think the, the happy medium is, isn't it great that God loves us? And, um, and this is really hard, but, he has given you the strength to to deal with this situation, right? And so that might be kind of what mourning with those that mourn looks like instead of joining in the pity party. Yeah, you know, later in that chapter, it says that his friends showed up and they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights. And yeah. none spake a word unto him, for they saw that his grief was very great. I mean, now that's if it had ended right there, you'd be like, these are some great friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. <laughs> Too bad it didn't end right there. <laughs> and it didn't end though. And so they, they kind of, it's like they have to speak. They have to try to process this themselves, you know? And so they kind of start to speak this common knowledge and popular opinion. And it doesn't really help uh, Job. They basically kind of try to argue that he must've done something wrong right we deserve this and so they kind of go with that logic with which is true um a lot of a lot of problems of mankind we have brought upon ourselves you know they are consequences of our own dumb choices um, that we've made however like you pointed out the story of job is not that the story of job is there's a lot of problems that we also face that are not a result of sin um, or even mistakes. They're just a result of mortality. And so how do we process these situations right. and think through that? Job hits that head on. Do you think that maybe there's, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just running this up the flagpole, Brother Wing. We'll see if you salute it. But do you think that culturally, like, so you got a guy like Job, who in the beginning of uh, Job chapter one, it talks about how he's a perfect man or that this guy is a good guy that he eschews evil, which means he avoids evil at all costs. And he has great possessions because he's a covenant keeper. He's been blessed spiritually, but he's also been blessed temporally. And, and so when all this gets taken away, an automatic assumption of everyone around him is uh, he must have fallen off the wagon somehow. He must be kicking dogs on the weekend or something like that. And even Job, I think that thought creeps into him, into his mind a little bit too. Like, what have I, what have I done wrong? And I think that maybe sometimes culturally uh, in the, in, in the gospel, in the church, we're trying to keep, we're trying to keep the commandments. We're trying to do what's right. And all of a sudden, a difficult thing happens in our life. And, um, and so there, the, the knee jerk reaction might be, I've must, uh, I've must've done something wrong because my life has been going so well. Uh, I'm keeping the commandments and stuff. I must've, I, I must've sinned some way. And that might create some anxiety when, uh, when all of a sudden there's a difficult thing that pops up. And so how does Job overcome that anxiety that he starts to feel a little bit like, oh, man, uh, should I, you know, should I just give up now? Like, I, I'm obviously not going to be good enough. Yeah, and that's where I think 
oddly, this is just my personal take on this, that oddly his friends coming to him and voicing the, the thoughts that they have, right. I think actually helps Job in it. Not the way that they expect though, because he now has to resist this in himself because I think he thinks the same thing. (laughs) But now, now that they're saying it, he's like, no, that can't be true. You know? And, um, but he, he does, he voices how he feels about it to God. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's another thing where I think we, is it okay to do that? Can you, can you tell God, Hey, this really stinks yeah. what I'm dealing with right here. And the, the answer of course is yes. Like, absolutely. You, t- you talk about how this, how you feel about this, you tell the Lord. Um, but I think that's the point is you talk to the Lord uh, about it. Now, the one thing is we don't want to counsel the Lord you know, as if we know better than him or that God right. should have acted differently. And, you know, Elder Christofferson in his last general conference, he, he gives a good commentary on this point um, about, about our interactions with God and our, in our, in fact, our judgments uh, of God. Um, so it's interesting how his friends try to advise Job and they don't do a very good job of it. In fact, I really love that statement in Job 16, where it says, Job says, miserable comforters are you all like you <laughs> you're, you're terrible at making me feel better like or helping me in this situation so i've thought that before where people tried to i was in a you know i was i was single for a long time and people would try to you know bring in their hey well maybe you should do this maybe you should do that you know and ultimately it was kind of like miserable comforters are you all you know like um, but we all find ourselves in these situations where no one really does understand. There's some aspect of our life, of course, that nobody really gets. And it's just a, it's between us and God on this thing, you know, and we can't really demand or expect someone to perfectly understand. And when they voice their efforts, their well-intending efforts to try to help us and they don't help us, <laughs> right. we shouldn't be totally frustrated by that right. because it's, this is between us and God. And so um, just like they maybe shouldn't have opened their mouths to try to help Job, <laughs> you know, because they're, uh, but Job also, he learns that he can't counsel God either. And in the end of the book, you know, God speaks to him and Job understands that uh, he, the Lord's going to do his thing and we can't really understand God, you right. know, and his purpose is right now, but we can uh, put our trust in him and we can understand that he does actually love us even though he allows for suffering and that is a super hard thing to grapple with right i think just really quickly um one other thing that job does in addition i really love that verse that you shared about miserable comforters but um there's so many questions that job asks throughout the throughout this the suffering process that he's going through and many of the question, many of the questions are like healthy self-talk. It's almost like he has, he's assembled his, his cloud of witnesses. I mean, his, he's had some pretty spiritual experiences. He obviously has read the scriptures. He's a perfect man. He's been able to avoid evil. And so he remembers all of the, he starts remembering, especially in chapter six, all of the ways in which the hand of the Lord has been in his life. And he just is talking himself through this uh, the irrational thoughts that God must hate him be, uh, at this moment, right? Because, well, he's done this for me. He's done this for me. There's done, done this for me. And it takes work on Job's part to, 
to remember all that that God has done for him. But I think that helps him so that he doesn't do what his wife asked him to do, which was to curse God and die. And uh, he held on to his faith even during a difficult time. And students, you can too. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Answers to Gospel Questions. If you're listening today, Tuesday, uh, we got an institute class starting in just a few hours. We want you to come. Uh, let us know. We'll send you the link. But until next time, we'll let you get to it, buddy. Stay righteous. <laughs>